Thank you for joining us. This is episode 64 of Amateur 3D Podcast, a podcast by amateur printers for amateur printers, where we share our thoughts and experience. Our panelists this week are me, Franklin Christensen, and my friends, Chris Weber and Andy Cottom. Kevin, you know, as he does occasionally, decided that spending time with his wife was more important than us. Sorry, he had a... Yeah, well, it's December, and we got lucky that we we uh even got last weekend without issue yeah that that was a close one (laughs) yeah just barely (laughs) squeezing it in so yeah it's a busy time of the year we can't all four line up our schedules every single time so it's all good and and that's actually a big part of why i feel like it's been a good practice to just you know do shorties to come out when we would record for uh christmas and new year's weekend just so that we're not worried about it yeah and shorties is not politically correct you're supposed to say smaller <laughs> okay i'm six foot three i wasn't aware of this um <laughs> no the uh i think we learned last year for thanksgiving that it was a good idea and should have remembered for Thanksgiving this year, but we had learned our lesson by the time we got to Christmas and New Year's, and once again we're back in that place. So, yeah, maybe next year, yeah, Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, we'll year. uh, we'll remember the lessons learned. No one knows that we'll be in the same spot next year. <laughs> I, I, I feel like we had this conversation a year ago too. So. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> the upside is, is it's archived now, so we can go, go back if we want to and listen to ourselves talk about plans that we're not going to follow through on. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of those all the time. Welcome to the real world. Yeah, that's that's my life right there. Come up with neat ideas, and yeah, see what actually comes through. <clears throat> yeah. How little. Every yeah. so often, I go through my office, and I'm like. Well, never getting around to that chunk. <laughs> never getting around to that chunk. <laughs> I haven't no done kidding. that in my office for a while. That's why it's so messy. Yeah, no, I like I said, today. I I I do that. I do it every every year. Or so I'll go through my office and go. Well, nope, not doing that. <laughs> Let me guess. You do that kind of in the springtime. Yep. That's good. Yeah. When That's I'm when getting a lot of get, people. Yeah, it's when I'm getting my stuff ready to go for the year and going, okay, I'm going to be, be, you know, getting some things done. That project is not going to happen. That project is not going to happen. Jeez, I wish I had finished this project. Maybe I'll hold on to the pieces for a little while. That project (laughs) isn't going to happen. That project should have happened a year ago. Why is it still on the list? (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to work on it next. Yeah. You don't want to dig into how much money you've spent preparing for the project either that you're just decided not to do anymore. Uh, okay. Um, well, my shirt is appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> What's it say here? It says, I'm not procrastinating. I'm doing side quests. <laughs> I like that. That is the story of my life. Right there. <laughs> Amen. But, but well, you know, you, you can basically attribute to that, that to any of the honeydews. They're all side quests. You were doing something, and then the wife comes by and says, "Hey, honey, I need this. 
Okay, side quest one. <laughs> <laughs> well, and whenever we talk about the side quest, it always comes to mind the uh, doing the clutch in your driveway and spending the first day and a half trying to tear it down and getting to the point where one of the control arms wasn't coming out of the um, CV joint. Oh, yeah, the CV so axle. The CV we had axle to push it from the backside. Out. Yeah. Yeah. The side quest was making a tool so we could get it out. <laughs> and then I ended up giving you the tool because I had absolutely no use for it. <laughs> yeah. Still good. Had That'd that be happen nice on, I uh, see, I was, I was doing a, a transmission for somebody I, I can't remember. And I ended up um, welding a plate with a threaded nut on the end of it so I could screw my slide hammer into, into the end of the CV, CV shaft. So... It was the end of the CV shaft with the spline. I had already pulled the rest of the CV shaft out because yeah. it just kind of happened when I was trying to pull it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm replacing this shaft anyway. So I welded a plate and a bolt or a, and a nut to it so I could thread my slide hammer into it and just <laughs> punk. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. I like little tools like that, except when you make them and they never wind up seeing any use. Um, I had a um, a ball joint puller that I made out of just a, a piece of metal that I cut like a V slot into and two bolt you know holes and and all that so I could use it as a press to pop out the joint and it worked really good actually I wouldn't say it worked really good tools like those just kind of barely work for me it's an improvised tool but it gets the job done right yeah yeah it's half bending when you're trying to use it and stuff but it, in the end it does work and. It's been sitting with my the rest of my pullers this whole time. It's never been touched again, but, you know, <laughs> you never know. So I'm going to hold on to the darn thing. Well, and it's absurd <laughs> because the one-time use tools only have that value the once. I'd be surprised yeah. if Chris hadn't mm -hmm. cut off the head that I shaped to get around that little shaft inside of my, uh, uh, my <laughs> axle well, and, use and just use the steel pipe for something else. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, no, because I have lots of other pi pipes that I use for um, extension bars. That's fair, yeah. and and that kind of steel pipe. I mean, it's really good steel pipe. It's not like uh, the fencing poles yeah, no, or anything the, like that. It, it's, it's black pipe. quarter quarter inch thick <laughs> gas okay. pipe. Good and, stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. I guess if you don't need the end off. There's value in leaving it on just in case it ends up being valuable, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, more or less, Useful. I just kind of stuck it in the corner with um, uh, other miscellaneous pieces of pipe, and it's just been hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot, it's even, it. forgot it's even there until I'm going to get another piece of pipe for some reason or the other. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, I, this I think, is too nice for the purpose. This is too small for <laughs> half of my wrenches. This is yeah, <laughs> like I, um, you know, I, I think last time I had a look at it, I was grabbing a piece of copper pipe to uh, do a little repair in the in in the bathroom. But yeah, mm -hmm. good deal. All that other fun stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have it on hand just in case you ever need it. Yep, unless and, you have nowhere to store it, like me. So yeah. True. That's, I store enough uh, I was, stuff I don't use. I didn't need the pipe, like I said. <laughs> the, ben the benefits of having a nice, a nice big garage. Yes. Yeah. Lots of storage space. 
for everything except for your car. Ah, uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh, no. Well, uh, in your case, there is a car in there. It's just not driven, right? Okay, I wasn't getting there. But... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I actually got, so, you know, my old car that I just fixed up from the accident and my father-in-law yeah. wants. Yeah. Um, I actually, because it started snowing these last couple of weeks, I actually made space to put it in the garage and work on it. And I did. Oh, right. oh shock and awe. <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, did you do any projects this week with your printer? With my printer? No, no. Or but I, I got a key adjacent. Uh, I started trying to print another little dragon thing for the wife and uh, had bed plate adhesion adhesion issues. And I think it's the way I loaded the model and started to try to slice it. And I didn't slice it proper, I don't think. So I'm going to come back around to it. Okay. But yeah, I got some printer stuff loading up in the queue. Um, Now that the car work is all finished, I'm going to continue on renovations i should be painting hopefully either this weekend or next weekend um and so right after painting is putting up all of these specially printed uh plates uh cover plates oh like light switches and stuff yeah electrical covers light switch covers so that's fun so yep going there um and, and again this uh generator that i've got for um that i got off of thingiverse is just incredibly awesome what so, generator is that oh it's the, on my the plate computer cover I'd have to... generator that oh that, about that, before, that right? okay yeah the plate For cover generator because... multiple switches or plugs or whatever and types yeah so oh, really nice cool. yeah and so um there's there's that that i've got lining up and then so uh remember the other week i printed that little uh thing for sewing measuring tapes yeah a little case for the measuring tape the wife threw two more of them at me last night and says hey honey (laughs) (laughs) you want to add these to the do list (laughs) and i was like uh i i thought you only had the one that you kept on the sewing machine and she goes oh no 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 I was cleaning up my office and every time I lose one, it's just more efficient for me to go down to the store and buy one. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently the sewing, the, 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 the sewing tapes is equivalent to our 10 millimeter sockets. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you lose it and there's no sense in tearing the garage or the shop apart looking for it. So you just go buy a new one. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes oh, yeah. you end up with a dozen of them and the next day they're all gone again. So, yeah. Yeah. You can't keep them straight. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I don't and know about mine, you. Mine has been through hell. My, my tape. Mm-hmm. has been through uh-huh. hell for 20 years and every time i think it's lost i end up finding it before i go buy a new one <laughs> well that's good if you had it for that long too it starts to get some sedimental value as well so sediment yes sediment. sediment sedimentary uh tools yes better than rocks yeah i was just thinking that like did I say the word wrong? Is this sedimental, Sen- right? Like, no, it's well, sen- not dirt. Sentimental. Like, 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 sentimental. Like, you, like you put okay. it in a package. Sent it. Oh. It's okay. We're all from Utah. We'll forgive you. 
Gotcha. Okay. I was like <laughs> sentimental. <laughs> it's a, a it's a sedimental tool. So that like uh, um, you know, we 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 make tools from rocks. So you just use those, <laughs> those kind of rocks. Well, I mean, oh, there you go. The, the, there's the uh, the <laughs> the liquid uh, dinosaur and tree stuff, which is kind of a rock. It's an element, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, well, what's that yeah, stuff actually, called? I know what you're talking about. The word's not there. Tar? Peat. Peat. Is it peat? Peat. peat. Um, there's, as I understand it, everybody thinks that there's different things that create oil. Yeah. What I was getting at is the petroleum-based uh, measuring tape. Gotcha. I think okay. it's mostly uh, petroleum. It, it feels like plastic it, anyway. It, yeah, it's so. plastic. But to be fair, there is a misconception that dinosaur bodies themselves be are what became oil. And that's not true. It's actually from a, a huge algal bloom era. Mm -hmm. um, I remember reading the, about the, that. The, the, that they dead are trees. Trying. Yeah. And coal is from all the dead trees in the Carboniferous. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that was that was before there was stuff that could break down cellulite that formed coal, right? Right. So even though um, fungi were one of the first uh, kingdoms developed, just like plants and animals, yeah. um, fungi, fungi had not figured out how to break down cellulose yet. So yeah, cellulose, cellulite, 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 cellulose. I don't know. Sell you something. I'll sell you a car. I, I'd rather you didn't try to sell me anything. <laughs> I, I, on, I, get... I don't have disposable income right now oh you're not going to jump ship on my my next uh, multi, multi MLM scheme <laughs> I know this is you Tom but no <laughs> uh, oh dear. okay anyway at some enough. point we need to do like a, a skit where it's like this is Utah and instead of kicking somebody <laughs> into the pit we do like we throw them into a giant vatted gel or something. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we got some weird stuff that goes on this. Well, day. I was having a conversation, this the Jello conversation with the wife the other day, and she, I was like, and it's actually not really carrot, but you know, like sometimes you'll see the carrots in the green Jello and stuff, but usually mm -hmm. it's it's stuff like pineapple and grapes and yeah. And I don't mind fruit. It, it's the vegetables that people well, and it, it, I think it's a generational thing too. Yeah, because yeah. you don't the, the people that are making the Jello now are like, no, I hated that crap. I'm not gonna put carrots in my <laughs> yeah. Jello. Yeah, so yeah. I think the I think the carrots are kind of phased out, but yeah, like the the canned fruit and stuff like that, you'll see that in Jello still. So. And, yeah. I don't think there's anything really wrong with it. Like I said, I like the fruit in there. It adds texture to the Jello, yeah. even if it is just like pears or peaches or whatever. Yep. True. True. Anyway, enough banter. <laughs> did you <laughs> did you print anything, Andy? <laughs> did I print anything? Uh yes, yes, I did. So I discovered. So I yeah. I don't have a I don't have a lot. I printed one thing. I think. He says, um, and then he runs on for 20 minutes. I bet you. <laughs> okay. So my son wanted a 20 sided die. He's making himself a game 
and he could not figure out how to make that object himself. And so I told him, that's hard. Yeah, we can make that. Now I've heard of people talking about the difficulty of making that shape in CAD, how it's not an easy shape to do. And I don't know the proper way to do it, but I'm good enough with solid works. I could take what's in my head and put it into the computer. I might take the long way around it and not do it the easy way and stuff, but I should still be able to get there. Can I give you a suggestion? Yeah, sure. Start with the sphere and then... You know what? It's funny you say that because when it, 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 it comes to programming too, like the way it exists in your mind, or at least for me, is not always going to be the most efficient way. But when you got a lot up there, you don't want to always translate to the efficient way of doing it. Sometimes it's good to just take it out, put it in the computer, and then fix it from there, you know? And with this... uh this die that he wanted me to make, I got thinking like, how would I even do that? I mean, I know I got to make a bunch of different planes for every face of the die and yep. that, that could be a little hard. And, and so I thought about it the way you would in woodworking, like Chris suggested, I just revolved a circle, made a sphere and started cutting flat surfaces into it. Okay. And, but, but what you want to do is you want to make equal, you want what you want to make planes. So what you do is you calculate, uh, the um, uh, calculate where the equidistant points to make all those the edges of all those planes would be, mm-hmm. and then you cut those. So what I wound up doing <laughs> is you just start with your your uh, a top plane to make the the first number, and then um, you know and then it would cut that out of the sphere, and then I could just do an offset cut to cut the other side off of the sphere too. So that worked good. And then just made another sketch perpendicular to that plane to form the angle of the next side and then created a plane based off of that and then cut that and then cut it, you know, an offset cut on that. So I was able to make the whole thing um, only having to make half of, you know, 10 separate planes. But it was like 20 something sketches because each plane had to have its own sketch for to get the correct angle that the plane was supposed to set at and stuff. And it's just for something that was going to be simple it really kind of blew my mind how complicated that shape was and i'm sure there's an easier way to do it but just looking over like how you'd even come up with that shape it took a little bit of a little bit of doing yeah frank's showing a, a, a yeah die frank so so <laughs> i mean <laughs> i i'm i'm not as much of a gamer as kevin and i'm sure that he's going to kick himself for not being here to describe this better than me but i'll i'll <laughs> I'll try to muddle my way through it. <laughs> the normal D20 has got 20 triangles. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the top and bottom have got five triangles. And then the rest, or the other 10, go around the perimeter, alternating, pointing up and pointing down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're, the triangles in an ideal D20 will have all the same area for each triangle. And um, I'm for number two. You can probably find hundreds of different designs on um, online for people that have oh, already yeah. done it. Oh yeah. Um, sure. If it was a time issue, you could mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Um, the main reason I haven't played with printing a uh, a D twenty or any dice is because the process of printing it is going to leave it unbalanced. Uh, oh, yeah. 
Yeah. And so, um, well, that's not entirely true. I saw you print D fours already. Except for those not using them. <laughs> yeah, yeah th not. those weren't D fours. Those were uh, paint risers. <laughs> <laughs> They're the same shape, but the paint riser doesn't matter which side is down. And with a uh, with an unbalanced die, you're always going to end up with some numbers that roll more often than others. Um, well, you're so not, you're saying you're, not... you're saying we can use our printers to make weighted dies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For better or worse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that. One of the best things I one of the nice things that I have obtained for 3D printing is lead shot. So you can weight stuff down. And I highly recommend having a little bit of lead shot that you could put into a 3D print if you happen to need it to be more heavy. Oh, for like Again. a base when you have, like the thing that comes Lures. to mind for me is like um, character statues. Yeah. When yeah, you, yeah. When you want you need the base, the base that... heavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like I said, I, I, uh, I used it for printing a couple of lures to make them, to make the, because the plastic will float otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it makes it feel like it's got a lot more quality too to the print as well if it's got more weight to it, which is kind of cool. Back to Frank's uh, printing being solid. It it does have a nice feel when it's a little heavier. Yeah. And you know, when like even if you were to paint any of or wow, paint print <laughs> any of the dice um solid yeah. The pattern of printing it solid is going to give it an inherent weight ratio oh, yeah. in a certain orientation. And um, for visual purposes, if you're, you know, creating some dice for your, your rear view mirror so that you can broadcast that you like gaming or something like that is fine. Mm -hmm. But if you're actually planning on playing with it, um, it's better to buy, I mean, almost any gaming dice that you can buy from, you know, whatever Japanese retailer is going to be better than the well, uh, printed die off of your printer. All right. Well, yeah. Andy, actually, if, if, you, if you need any die, Andy, um, just go down to Andrew's shop. He, he, he has like drawers of drawers and drawers of miscellaneous dies of all kinds that you can just you can you can buy dirt cheap and, and i oh. see andy I, i'm gonna do it for you andy okay. he wanted to design it and yeah. he wants yes. to have the fun of designing with his son which is fair yeah and it's fun i you know practical excuse or practical reasoning does not apply to the situation <laughs> but, which is yeah, why yeah, i didn't that's... go so far <laughs> And for little games, I mean, I, it'd be nice if Kevin was here to, to hear his opinion, because I agree, they're going to be weighted to some degree. Uh, but the amount that it would actually favor you, I don't think would really affect too much of what you'd be doing with it. Um, but again, I'm not an active gamer. However, you're talking about die. I'm not as big as Kevin, but I was uh, in the D&D &D group in high school, all through high school. And <laughs> so. we're, we're also talking about FDM printers. I imagine yeah. an SLA printer would give you a much better weighted die. Yeah, probably. I think it would. And I guess if you crank up the resolution for your FDM printer to like, I don't know, 
0.5 millimeters for, or no, 0 0.05 millimeters per layer. Yeah. You would increase the uh, the quality, and I guess technically we could go as realistically as high as 0 0.02. <laughs> yeah, but I think you'd still have the weighted issue. I mean, if you imagine just a six-sided die, um, the walls are going to be a different weight than the top or bottom by far. If you're etching in the numbers to it in any way, that's going to be a little different too. The decor is going to be weighted different, oriented yeah. in a certain way. Yeah. yeah. But and, and I was all of that just goes back to why I hesitate. <laughs> but, anyway, yeah, and and what I was getting at is to do this proper with an FDM printer. What you'll do is you'll just use it to print a cast, and then mm -hmm. you, you you cast it. You know, yeah, um, and just do it and just do it with resin, you know, yeah, Re resin and, dye are so cool, and you can do all kinds of fun stuff with the resin dye, like drop a uh, some kind of op weighted object into it. I think of the designer bowling balls that you see occasionally, where uh, what it what was that movie? Um, the guy has a rose inside of a clear bowling ball mm -hmm. um and i'm assuming that the weight from that rose is like lead or something so that it's weighted the way you want your bowling ball to be weighted uh but that looks cool as hell yeah so yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you're going to use your fdm printer to make to make dies you know just probably make a cast yeah <laughs> You should know that it's just not going to be an absolute fair die. That's all it really is. And yeah, for my sense yeah. game, it's more than fine for what it was, you know. But uh, sure. And even for, like, tabletop games and things, I mean, unless you're, like, competing or something like that, it's probably the only time you'd really care about it. I think the amount of error inside of an unfair die that's, you know, FDM printed, it's probably not going to favor it that to a degree that would help you really win in any way or whatnot. And, Let's face it, Unless if you're playing you play a, a tabletop game, it isn't about winning anyway. It's all about the story anyway. So, mm. yeah. Unless you waited on the number 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, if but, or uh, one, depending on, uh, <laughs> depending on the what result you're, you're looking for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh, I don't want this to happen. Let me grab my other die here. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this one has a lower probability of giving me a one or a yeah. 20. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's funny. Kevin's missing the conversation about dying. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> that's not figuring so funny, he's Chris. The, You've got a weird sense he's... of humor. <laughs> figuring he's the one biggest into games, it is an odd topic. <laughs> yeah. There's that. But, uh, but die yeah, making. So I printed the die, and that was <laughs> a fun build. Um, I never did find a good way to do it, so I'm not going to win again. But, uh, you know, being able to make another one, I'll probably still have to do the, the same long route around it. But uh, it, it was it was still a, a good little project. And, and the kids, um, I've got, I printed most of my curtain rods. I got rid of all the midi blinds in my house a few years back and put up curtain rods instead. I like curtains instead of mini blinds. I hate mini blinds. I hate blinds. I want curtains, especially that blackout curtains. Yeah. Yeah. I like blackout curtains. 
and not Ooh. the ones you buy at the store. I like just making blackout curtains. So I got a bunch of the uh, plastic that I put on the roof. So when I redid my roof, I chose a weekend that we had a possibility of rain and it did wind up raining. And so I bought some plastic to put on top of the roof through the storm so that it wouldn't soak the wood. And, and I had sucked. the shingles off. Yeah. Oh, it was a and, and, you know, that's uh, <laughs> There was a four-inch <laughs> void along the top of the roof. <laughs> was it four-inch? I remember so, it being open, though. Anyway. Yeah, well, so none of the roof was actually, like, open. It was all just wood because... So I've only had three-eighths-inch sheet uh, up there to start with. And so I put three-quarters-inch on top of that so I could come close to the one-inch. And... um so it had good wood. I've got a good roof, but I did have I was I had three sets of shingles up there, so I did have to scrape them all off. And it was while I think it was while I was putting on the new layer of shingles that uh, it, the rainstorm came in, and so went down to the you know Lowe's, bought some plastic and plastic the roof. But one neat thing is after we got all done, I mean, it, we rolled it out on the roof. It rained, and then we rolled it all back up. It's still a great roll of thick plastic. So uh, one thing I discovered is light doesn't pass through that plastic, which is really kind of nice. So I wound up making oh. a bunch of blackout curtains out of it by just sewing uh, a piece of the plastic inside of the curtain itself. <gasps> and uh, they're great. <laughs> they That's are brilliant blackout curtains. But the, um, the curtain rods themselves, I, I like using when I got married, we were trying to do everything cheap. And so we used a church to, uh, to, uh, as our wedding grounds, and we were going to get married outside on the grounds themselves. But to kind of decorate it a little bit, I wound up buying a bunch of half-inch conduit and cutting it so that we can put it around the outside of where everybody was going to be sitting and um, use, uh, what's it called, um, the colored paper stringer stuff. There's a name for that. Anyway, we went from pole to pole to pole. Mache. Yeah, Um, paper mache. Or not mache. No. Anyway. Streamers, yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we we taped it from pole to pole to pole all the way around, making this really big arc. And then we cut the poles down near the front so they were shorter at the front and got big in the back. And it just created this big kind of arc. And it was just kind of to say, this is the area that, you know, that, where the wedding is taking place. This is the back of the room, even though it was in the, the yard of the church. Worked out really well. But in the, the conduit was was cheap. Half-inch conduit was like like $1.50 at the time for 10 feet of it. So it was really good. But after we were all done, I wound up keeping it. And now I've got a lot of that conduit that was only stuck in the ground and had stuff taped to it for that Speaking one day. Speaking of leftover pipe. Anyway. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, I and, think I kind of, I, I, I think uh, I did something similar. I took a, a, a small section of m- about maybe a foot long mm-hmm. of, of the half inch pipe. And I used it on my quarter inch ratchet for, okay. you know, those hard to reach places where you have to have, have a quarter inch ratchet. Yeah. Anyway. Well, nice. nice. But yeah. So, uh, so I've got a bunch of this uh, galvanized pipe and uh, I, I use it on a bunch of stuff. And uh, talking about that, I'm on my last piece. I got a Christmas tree that I built outside, our outside Christmas tree, that is a 10-foot, that uses one of those 10-foot half-inch poles. And it's a star, and I've got 
what is it, eight uh, hundred light streamers that come off of it that we stake in the ground and kind of forms a Christmas tree. And uh, I'm on my last pole that was in my shop. I went to go pull out a pole for it, and it was my last one. So I'm down to the last one. But <laughs> I wound up using those as curtain rods, uh, painting okay. them bl- black and putting some end caps on them. And then I 3D printed the uh, the bracket that holds them to the wall. Oh, and most of the so ones with with just a, like a rat- rattle can. Uh, yes. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, worked out really good. And uh, the curtains, I'm not. Whenever I made my curtains, I always just used a loop of material for the curtain itself instead of using rings. So mm. it's not getting scratched up or anything. It's been working out great. And the kids dangle from the curtains all the time, and it's it's everything's <laughs> been holding up. So wow, yeah. Um, up until in the bathroom, we wound up having a curtain rod or not a curtain rod, a a rod for towels. And Mm -hmm. since the kids like hanging off of stuff that kept on getting ripped off the wall. And we had a conversation about this of why the heck do they not make those rods a, um, the same width as house studs. Yes. 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 A, uh, uh, divided into something. Yeah. Uh, multiple of 16. Why is not 16? Yeah. Yeah. Because you always got one side on a stud and the other side is just in drywall and you can use anchor (laughs) dry drywall anchors and stuff, but it's, that Kids doesn't just, help when uh, more than five pounds uh, is on it. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I got lucky. So my bad, well, sort of only in this respect, when I was remodeling my bathroom, um, I left a lot of this, a lot of the, um, they had like the quarter inch sheeting okay. uh, along the, along the walls from when this was converted from military housing. So okay. So I left that all up in my bathroom so that when I hung my rod up, it's still one end of it ended up in the stud and the other end of it still ended up it's going through that quarter inch wood. So, okay. (laughs) So mine's still a little, a little more sturdy. Yeah. That's good. So anyway, with mine, um, the kids ripped it out of the wall a couple of times and the wall was looking pretty bad. So I decided to do the same thing I did with the curtain rods. Um, except I, I made the hangers themselves a lot larger so that towels can get in behind the rod itself. And, uh, so I made those beefed them up pretty good. And, uh, so now I've got a, what is it like six foot long towel rack, but we cut it down to be like the perfect size for the wall. So we only got one rack, but it can hold all of the towels for the whole family and kids can dangle from it. And we're all good. And, and you um, got it in the studs. <laughs> yes, they're they're definitely in the stud. The stud got the uh, towel rack in the stud. That's. <laughs> but the other day, um, the wife uh, came to me and said that uh, that we had we had finally broken those hangers, and I went and looked at it, and it looked like she went Hulk smash right on top of the the rod the the rod, and just busted the ends off of the uh, the. P-E-T-G uh, hangers that I made. She, she was testing it herself? Actually, I'm blaming her and telling her that she shouldn't be hulking stuff like that, but it was probably the kids broke it and then just set it back to there really nice and pretty. You know so what? No one would notice, and then <laughs> Actually, when she went to go use it once, it just fell off. So Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I, I accept as, as... either is the truth, because I can see her <laughs> wondering how much it could actually hold, and testing it herself too <laughs> i was yeah. thinking it might it might be fun 
almost as much I as I can get... imagine you doing that, Andy. <laughs> I can imagine you testing something like that. So let, <laughs> let's be fair to your wife and say everybody in your house would arbitrarily test out curtain rod if they decided to. Got to make sure the kids aren't going to get hurt, so might as well <laughs> climb up on them myself. <laughs> you know, last time I did that, the wife goes, stop, you're going to break it. And I'm like, no, I'm breaking it on purpose now so I can make sure that the kids don't. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Uh, welcome to the job of being dad. Yeah. <laughs> Risk I your mean, own I mean, self to make sure the youngsters don't get too damaged when they do yeah. stuff. No kidding. I mean, it's just like when I built this the slide out in the backyard. I was the first one to climb up on that. When I got up on it, I'm shaking it and pulling everything really hard and rocking it back and forth on two legs. And got a stress test, man. I, you just built that. Are you going to break it? You know, why are you trying to break it? And it's like, well, <laughs> if it breaks on me, <laughs> we're okay. But I don't if it sure happens it on, on purpose, that. I can control how I fall. If it happens accidentally <laughs> and they don't know what they're doing, they're going to get hurt. Well, yeah. no, I'm going to get hurt, but not as bad as they will. <laughs> yes, yes. Much rather have Probably. me get hurt than them. Yeah. Probably not as bad as they would. Did, did, I, <laughs> yeah. did, I, did I build this good? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> and so the listeners know I'm also a, a, a larger, about 220-pound guy. So uh, the, the things get tested pretty good when I jump on them. So, But, uh, but yeah, so... Another thing I got to print was new hangers. And uh, since they lasted so well and did so good, I just printed them out of PETG again. I just made the walls a little bit thicker on them. And oh. um, I'll wait till they break again. I'm sure whatever kid they actually broke on, they were probably holding onto towels, climbing up the wall with their feet, and it broke and they fell. And now they're worried about breaking it again. So it probably won't happen again. Probably. I was, I was like, if you're really, really worried about that, we should we should get some casting going and cast them just cast them out of aluminum. Well, it, well if I was if I was Andy really worried, I just mispronounced the word should. Yes, and <laughs> if I really wanted to, I could print them out of TPU and they would just be indestructible. But you know, the PETG has a nice little. When you put the rod in, it's got this nice little snap when you push them into the when you push the rod into the hangers, and I really mm. like that. It feels like it's made well. If you make um, it too tough, then it won't but, let the rod in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of, actually, a little bit. That's that's one of my projects coming up for the next year. Is uh, if there are a couple of different versions of um, dragon curtain rod holders. Okay. So I'm going to be putting those up in our, um, in our entertainment rooms. Okay, that'll be kind of cool. Yeah. Well, your wife absolutely loves her dragons, right? Yep. You like your dragons too, but maybe not as much as she. Not does. as much as her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought I was obsessed with foxes until I met Holly's obsession with dragons and had to uh, take a step down <laughs> with the obsessive one in the group. <laughs> But uh, yep. But but yeah. But she's oh, she, she's uh, she's very particular too. Western dragons, was more specifically. And, oh really? Okay. Yeah, western dragons and wyverns. Okay. Oh, cool. Yeah. So the European strain instead of the uh, Asian strain. Asian yeah. strain. Yeah. Gotcha. What, what about the American strain though? The American dragons are 
She thinks those are right out weird. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they are. That's why we love them. They're just exactly. like us. I th- I'm like, <laughs> I wanted to pr- print some Quetzal stuff because that was pretty dang cool. But Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. So those were the two projects that I did. I got a couple of things on the docket that I tried to sit down and do. And I just, I think I thought about it too much and the excitement is over. And now I don't want to spend the time to figure it out kind of stuff. Mm. Like I no. wanted to, my, my, my kid broke all of my chairs upstairs because he would lean on them and then the chair would fall and it broke the back of the chair. And we wound up buying a whole new table set because every single chair had this broken back. And he's leaning in these chairs, too. These chairs are made a little bit different. They probably won't break, but I'm worried about them breaking. And, and you know, it's it's an ADD thing. Yelling at the kid is not really going to help him to stop. It's something he's doing unconsciously or whatever. So I thought, I'll make an alarm. I can attach the leg of the chair. <laughs> when it's um, anything but level, it yeah yeah it'll beep at you and the part that got me excited about it is like well i don't want to go and change batteries in it all the time and my microcontrollers they always take a lot of batteries in order to run and then i got thinking about it like uh, oh there's there's a lot of like um tilt sensors and stuff that are used in like uh, the old uh, pinball machines and and things like that and they make ones that look like a um electrolyte capacitor and so i bought some of those because they're they're dirt cheap i think i paid like four or five dollars for a package of 10 and I was playing with them and just a little bit of movement and it would set it off and a little bit back and and uh, the the sensor itself would handle like 300 milliamps which is a a decent amount and I got thinking like I I don't even have to use a microcontroller for this I could just have this run an an alarm and um and then like have it be triggered off of the battery so it'll be like those um water sensors that I keep on preaching (laughs) everywhere that I like so much where the sensor is the power switch. So it's, it, the length of life it has is how old the batteries can get, you know? And so I got thinking, like, I, I could do something. Like, I could, I could just use, like, three button batteries or something small like that because the only time it will be on is when it's actually beeping. And so I got looking into, okay, well, what's the easiest way to make a, a, a Pezzo uh, beep? Like, give you a beep, beep, beep. So it's not just this high-pitched thing. Um, when the... One of those water sensors that I, I really like, one of the bad things about them is because the way they're made, they just squill. They don't beep at you. So I got one here. You can kind of hear it. if I. Sh- it's just a, a high-pitched beep. It doesn't mm-hmm. beep at you. It's just high-pitched buzz. And I don't like that about these. I wish they would beep. That way it breaks it up a little bit more. So I got looking, like, how can I make a really simple beeper that isn't using a microcontroller? And uh, so uh, I found a couple... A couple of circuits and so i sat down when i got home yesterday to do them and it's just like all that interest was just gone i had bought a couple of components to do this project with not that they were expensive but still i've been thinking about it so much of how i would want to do it and whatnot you know that um it just kind of isn't something you i know, want to do anymore <laughs> you, you, oh you were talking about this and i'm going this is actually the perfect the perfect prank so let's <laughs> hear the prank. Actually, get one of those little, uh, get one of those sensors you've talking about, and uh-huh. you can actually just wire it straight into one of those annoying Hallmark cards. There you go. 
<laughs> the minute you pick it up, it sets it off. <laughs> that is and, good. And actually, if you're not, if, and this actually might be your solution, is you can find one of those cheap Hallmark cards that makes a sound that you do want to hear and just quick solder it into that and tape it to the bottom of the chair. <laughs> yeah, I could. You're not wrong. I definitely could do that. But I, it was you about building that skill. It was about building that skill. It was about figuring out how to make a beeper without, you know, just using um, components instead of a microcontroller. That was the real part of this thing that I wanted to do was, was to learn that because, I mean, it would help from the chairs being leaned up against and stuff like that. But there's also the whole thing where I don't want to do that too much to the kids. There's one thing I did when they were little. Um, so in my household, me and the wife, actually, our room is downstairs. And we use both of the upstairs rooms for the, the youngest kids. That way, you know, because they're going to play in the living room a lot, but they'll have access to their toys and stuff instead of it being downstairs, where they would have to go all the way downstairs to get to their rooms. So we decided our room being downstairs is the better, better way to, to do it with the kids this upstairs. Avoid stepping on Legos on the stairs, etc. Yeah. Well, and and your room has always been downstairs, so I can see there being a... Uh, value don't take this the way. wrong way, but a lazy aspect to it if you don't want to change your room. <laughs> this is also true, but I wouldn't call it lazy. It's that I built a deck in that room for our bed. Our bed is built into that room. So it's kind of special, and I love our my little tower in my sky in the basement here, looking down on all the peasants getting dressed ready for bed. So, well, to be um, fair, I think it's also the coziest room in the house. So Andy, Andy's set. Andy's set. It's also Indeed. the smallest room in the house. So, which which kind of makes me feel better that I'm not taking anything from the kids because they complain about the room size. Well, me and your mother got the smallest one and I have to share it with somebody on top of that. So <laughs> have yeah. to quote, unquote. <laughs> have to, <yeah. laughs> but this led to a problem is the, the kids, when they started to get old enough to be able to get past the child lock on the door, which is about the time when you shouldn't have the child lock on the door anymore, that they would get up in the middle of the night and get into the fridge and stuff like that. And um, so one of the, the late night options I wound up starting to use was I, I got a motion detector alarm. I don't remember why I bought it, but I've got one. It's just a, a separate, uh, that's got the speaker unit and it's got the sensor unit. And uh, if it senses motion, the alarm goes off. That's all it is. And I would just set them both upstairs and I put it on doorbell mode. So every time it catches motion in the hallway there, it would go off. And I thought, oh, this solves the problem. Every time they get out of their room, it dings. They think they're in trouble. They go back into their room in the middle of the night. Works out great. But I got thinking about it. Like doing a lot of little things like that probably wouldn't be good for their brains. Always having some kind of alarm or something like that keeping them in line. And that's kind of my solution to everything. So <laughs> I'm trying to trying to make sure I don't do that too much. So this little chair alarm is kind of one of those things where I'm trying to train them not to uh, not to tip back in the chair, but What's that doing to the poor kid's brain when he feels like he's policed all the time? You know, the kids should be able to. to Pavloving your kids to any subtle beeps. There's a mixture to it. Living with this condition as an adult, there's a mixture to it. 
Um, perfect example. I used to have an alarm on my phone that would remind me to drink water every 30 minutes. Okay. Not a big deal, right? You know, you're supposed to drink a lot of water. And if you take a sip regularly through the day, it's actually better for you than taking larger gulps less yeah. regularly, right? Yeah. It got to the point after like a month that I started, what started was I would hit the thing on the alarm and go on with what I was doing cognitively and forget yeah. to actually drink. Okay. And then it got to the point where the alarm was annoying because I didn't want to stop to turn it off if I wasn't going to drink water. Okay. And so I tried changing the tempo of it and all kinds of other stuff. And I eventually just removed it from my phone because it wasn't being effective anymore. Yeah. Not because I didn't want it or need it, but because it wasn't doing the job I needed it to. Yeah. Um, Applying that to your kid, I can see it being effective for a period of time and then him not caring anymore, you know? Possibly. But Possibly. if you're worried, yeah, if you're worried so about there, breaking. There's the mixture of appreciated part where you don't think about it until there's the reminder to this is annoying and I don't care. <laughs> there is that. I think I'm more worried about the policing aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Him feeling like he can't even make the decision on his own not to lean in the chair that oh if he leans in the chair dad hears the alarm he's going to get in trouble or something like that you know that's not good um, the unfortunate reality of it is though is he can't police that yeah on his own so he, he needs the little bit of an indicator yeah. but at some point he still needs to be free to make the decision himself rather than having dad or mom or the alarm tell him that he needs to make that decision yeah. Or yeah, consider a different decision. If yeah. you're trying to if you're if you're trying to save your chairs though, um maybe just use the Homer Simpson solution. What's that? Nail them to the floor? No, no, no. It's got the little uh, ex extra legs that swivel out using gravity. <laughs> oh, okay. I think I've seen something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I don't think these chairs will really break. And I think most of this was about the project idea than it was to actually about solve a problem. Mm. But uh, I don't want to be solving problems like that if it's just for the project, if it can have that kind of policing effect on the kids, which I don't want that to happen either. So I don't know if I'm going to run through this project. And if I do... I'm only going to put it on there for a little while to see if it helps with the problem or whatnot, but we'll see what happens. I got bored of it already when I tried to sit down, so it's probably not going to happen. But uh, Unlike the three-month project of designing the circuit board for your fish tank? Yeah, yeah, that was a long project. I mean, I'm glad I did it. I learned a lot in the way, but yeah, that turned into a chore at the very end. But now I look at that project, and it's kind of... Awesome. It's just neat. It worked. It was exactly what I wanted and everything. Yeah. Involved, so. Getting that last so, push through was definitely, definitely worth, worth doing, even though it was kind of, Oh God. Yeah. There is, being able there is another aspect to it where everybody has a cognitive. What's the breaking word point? for it? No. It, uh, I always refer to it as bandwidth. Okay. Yeah. Personal bandwidth, mental bandwidth, yeah. but it, it's Spoons. cognitive ability. Cognitive spoonball. <laughs> and um, when you work on something like you did for three months, uh -huh. you can have the other ideas. Your brain still generates those ideas, but when it comes down to doing them, 
your brain goes, I just spent three months on this other project. Do I want to get into another intensive project like that right now? (laughs) It's well, it's still spoons. It's still spoon theory. It's just for your, you know, cognitive, cognitive usage. Yeah. Oh, you said spoons. Yes. I actually just learned about spoon theory. Kind of, I need to go back and revisit it for sure. I've never heard of spoon theory. What is spoon theory? Oh, you're going to make me look it up, aren't you? Okay. Okay. So the, uh, I'm going to do a quick synopsis while Frank's looking it up. So basically how, how, how it is, is you've got, you've got a little cup full of spoons, right? Okay. Different people have different amounts of spoons. And so every time you, every time you do something every day, even as little as brushing your teeth, it takes a spoon out, out of your out of your cup. You've used this. You've used a spoon to do that. Um, so not everybody has the same amount of spoons. Uh, your wife is a great example of this. Some some days she only gets three spoons. Some days she gets fifteen. Where a lot of normal people have about the same amount of spoons in their cup every day. Um, I'm recognizing this from my wife's fight with CFS. Right. right. It, it's actually the analogy I just found online um, mentions chronic fatigue. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so that's 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 where it's mostly, uh, you know, mostly applied to. But people with uh, ADHD or people with um, overwhelming tasks, anxiety, the same thing applies is people with anxiety, you know, end up using more spoons instead to do one task because they're because it's so exhausting for them to do just the one task and instead of not having enough spoons it's oh this task was suddenly thrown on me i have to use four or five spoons for it you know okay yeah 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 so it's a it's a good way to describe a, a lot of uh cognitive issues in dealing with the world. Um, and okay. so uh, I had to explain this to my wife a little bit because, you know, she'll throw a bunch of stuff on me and I'll be like, honey, I am stressed out with all of, all of this. And, you know, you guys know I've been dealing with anxiety for, uh, for, for a while and, you know, the drugs help, Yeah, but, but you know there's 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 just some times where i have anxiety all day and it's really yeah. bad and so the stuff i can i can accomplish Ooh. is not the same as a day where i'm feeling okay and so yeah, makes sense. It, it's like you know i i'll go and do something but because of my anxiety you know i end up spinning my wheels on something that should have been simple okay and so um I, 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 I try to do the task and okay, there's a couple of spoons. It's not working. It's not doing the way I want to. I am having to take extra breaks, more spoons out. Yeah. So yeah, I have to explain to the wife. Uh, I saw, so I explained to the wife spoon theory and then I was like, hun, I just don't have spoons. And she, <laughs> so I, I think that I brushed up against spoon theory because I encountered fork theory. Now, spoon theory <laughs> revolves around I have this many things in my possession, and I spend them on these activities, right? 
So fork theory, I think, is more interesting, at least to me. Fork theory comes from the saying, stick a fork in me, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, it revolves around how many forks can you have stabbed into you before you have a problem? Oh, okay. So, like, one fork is an irritation, right? Yeah. And depending on how deep it goes, you can pull it out, you, you can go on with your day. Two forks is a little more of an irritation. It's a little problematic, depending on where you get stabbed with it. But you can still, you know, overcome it. Yeah. Well, e- each of these little activities is a fork, right? The ones that you spend mm-hmm. the spoon on is another fork. Well, if you have 100 forks in you, you've got a problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like that and so they, they interact with each other the spoon theory and the the fork theory but i like the more graphic um <laughs> i'm being stabbed by all of these things and i can only do so many well i i think there i i think you're 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 right they're a good way to describe oh. it and they're actually slightly different it's because every time you 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 have a failure or run into an, an issue or something. Yeah, you just got stabbed by a fork. And, you know, you use spoons on something and it didn't work and you got hurt. You, you, you got cognitively set back because of it. Yeah. And, of course, you get, you, just, you get the people that are going, well, if you get stabbed by a spoon, it hurts more. So. Yeah, but <laughs> getting getting forked sounds a lot more reasonable. That just reminds me of a weird... Joke. I'm not going to get into. Yeah. <laughs> We're keeping this family friendly. So <laughs> it's a kind of graphic, amusing Ish. joke. Yeah. I, I mean, we were just talking about stabbing forks into yourself every time you make a decision. So, I mean, <laughs> it gets there. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. yeah. Did you print something? I did. I uh, finally got a good print on the Slinky Dachshund. Um, Kind of good. I got it printed, and the legs do fold down, but they don't hold very well. As in, I scaled it up too far, and getting that zeroed in seemed like a a losing battle. Okay. And because they don't hold you know there's not enough friction to hold them in place they can go too far inside or slide out okay and um it's fun looking but uh my wife said well can i get an actual statue instead of like a slinky dog and i was like okay (laughs) so so i found an actual statue i got a a good print on that okay and just this last week on Monday, a uh, shipment came in periodically because, you know, with the beard, I like to do some occasional uh, bobbles in it. And with the holidays, especially, I'll put Christmas ornaments in my beard. Okay. And um, I got some new ones and realized I didn't have a storage container for all of my Christmas stuff together. And so I redesigned and imprinting one of my knurled um jars twist top jars to put all of the the christmas ornaments in yeah christmas beard ornaments not to be confused (laughs) with the tree ornaments um (laughs) frank the red and green um okay 
<laughs> um, so I hadn't done a thread with uh, my CAD program for a while. And I forgot that when you do the, you got to remember, it's the chamfer that is rounded. Uh, uh, fillet. 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 Okay. Yeah. Fillet, yeah. When you do the fillet around the top edge um, for the thread so that it kind of seats together, mm -hmm. um, you do the thread and then you go back in time and put the fillet on that edge and then move the fillet to the other side in the timeline from the thread. Otherwise, doing the threads higher than the actual thing is itself, the actual surface. Fusion doesn't have that option with the automatic threads. When you're creating oh, okay. your own, you can create the coil as high as you want it to be. Okay. But when it's an automatic thing, you can choose. No, there oh. is an option. I just haven't used it because I use the automatic, use the full thing instead of trying to measure, go down all the way here and then how far is up above. Uh -oh, okay. So you got, you got um, anyway, the, the easy solution is you create the fillet or you create the thread and then you put a fillet on the, um, in the timeline ahead okay. of the thread. And then once you have that fillet created, you move it to after the threads were created and it does it the way you expect it to. Oh, okay. Cause then so it, you have the edge, but I don't think I could do that in mind because it would respect the cutting of the threads where you would mm -hmm. miss the line that you, you uh, filleted. Uh, that line would no longer be there. So I think it would have an error. But that's just the way SolidWorks does it. But if you're, yeah, I've heard you do this before and it works really well doing this, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. I just forgot the first time I designed it. So I ended up printing oh. like five interference, just the threaded <laughs> parts to try to get them together and they weren't working. <laughs> okay. And that was irritating to me. And one yeah. day I'm in there playing with it and I go, oh, I created the fillet before the thread like I was supposed to. I just didn't move it into the timeline where I need it. Okay. And that's why this is not working. Okay. You know what? You should, you, you should uh, make a little like the de designing notebook or notepad or something like that so that, you know, every time you're going in to design something new, you can just look through your notepad real quick and say, oh, okay, yeah, I'm adding this. I need to remember points number five, points I number 32. I ain't got time for that. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of coulda, shoulda, wouldas that come with yeah. this. ADHD yeah. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but did it wind it, up working for you after that? Yeah. I, I finally got a good interference print. And so I am currently printing the jars. And then I'm going to reorganize my office and then start printing. Because I, there's a project I've been putting off for since I got my printer, I think where I've got my garage set up to hold the wreaths that we're not using for whatever season. Yeah. Uh, because my wife has one for every month of the year and sometimes two or three for each month. Yes. Because, we have Halloween, you know, we have Halloween wreaths. They're pretty cool. <laughs> um, she also has uh, garlands for every season and sometimes every month, depending, you know, so Is the um, Easter one uh, egg shaped. No, that one is spring, so it's all flowers and tulips and mm. stuff like that. Anyway, 
so um, I've just been storing them. I, I have, when I first encountered it, it was described as a Swift, uh, Swiss wall hanger system where you've got the <laughs> uh, 45 degree angle that goes up against the wall and then you've got the hanger that goes on it and you can slide it anywhere along the rail and all that other fun okay. stuff. Oh yeah. So I created some of that out of wood and hung up all the wreaths, but they're all hanging on screws that are only 10 millimeters out of the, the board that's hanging from the bracket. Mm, okay. And I've been meaning ever since I got my printer to create better hooks so that I can hang more than one wreath from each hook. Okay. And I haven't gotten there yet. I, so I kind of want to get that done. Um, Yar, make me hook. I'm helping some people move today some stuff not like their whole household but the problem with having a uh, reasonably large even though it's not the big ram I have a ram truck and um, I get voluntold to go help do stuff occasionally with it Um, so that's going to happen today yeah just stuff piled up it happens. That's this time of the year, man. It's yep. hard to get any anything we, you want to do done. We had this conversation. Why don't I have all of this stuff to get done during the summer? <laughs> no kidding, right? It's the winter. I don't want to be outside yeah. doing all the stuff in the cold I, Utah air, but I am. And it's like instead of doing it during the summer. And that's, that's the not thing. Like, it's like I have plenty of time and weekends during the summer to fix cars but no everybody's car breaks as soon as it gets cold (laughs) yeah Yeah. admittedly some of that is what's it called cognitive bias yeah probably we don't 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 like we don't like working on the car in the fall and the winter and we do like working on the car in the spring and the summer so we don't remember that it (laughs) the projects didn't actually change just the seasons (laughs) did I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, having had made room in my garage was really nice. I could actually use the heater and it wasn't too terrible. Nice. That is a good deal. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't mind if I had a actual garage. I think we've talked about that too. My wood shop is a little bit more space than, uh, well, it's a one car garage. Mm-hmm. So Andy's shed could fit inside of it <laughs> kind of snugly, but um, that's only an extra, say, foot and a half in each direction of space than you have okay. in your shed. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I wouldn't mind having an actual workshop and a garage where I can store my vehicles. Um, mm. But once again, disposable income is a problem in this condo. So maybe, yeah. maybe not get a, a bigger workspace right now either. <laughs> well, hopefully down the road you'll be able to expand. Yeah. yeah well, you know, it's on the list. <laughs> yeah. Air quote list. Air quote on. <laughs> Air quote the. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> That's everything. Uh, I just dumped my whole brain in the last hour or so. Fine. That's all I'm I in got. the same boat. That's about all I got, too. All right. There's the fork. Well, yeah. 
the last fork. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I am going to tell you a quick joke. So I, I heard it when I was a kid that uh, cannibals caught. Uh, this is the joke I was not going to tell, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> so you, you do you do remember it? Okay, good. Yes. Then, okay. <laughs> now all of our listeners, oh, I want to hear the joke now. <laughs> so I can tell her you can, Chris Rochambeau, you, you, you for it. it. Okay. A uh, it it worked better as a flash video, I think, than actually trying to tell the joke by the way well i heard uh, it as a joke before flash video was a thing so gotcha okay. um so anyway the this ship um crash lands on a desert island full of cannibals and there's three survivors and uh the 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 cannibals are you know fairly modern fairly you know appreciative and they gave everybody an option for what they wanted for their final wish before they died. Okay. And uh, um, one guy says, well, I, I'm on a desert island. I would like a bunch of fresh fruit. And the chief is like, he's going to make a good canoe when he, when we're done with him. So the guy eats all of his fresh <laughs> fruit, and then they take him around the corner. And, you know, he's done. The second guy says, you know, I have always wanted to spend time in a harem and the chief looks at the the wives and the tribe and they're like final wish sort of thing whatever so they, they all go into a, a tent on the other side and he's never seen again and uh the third guy or uh, the chief says again you know he's gonna make a good canoe skin for that height <laughs> and the third guy uh says i want a fork and the chief's like what do you want with a whatever final wish Gives him a fork, and the guy starts stabbing himself all over his body. And he says, "Make a canoe out of me now, hey!" Oh gosh! <laughs> he just says, "Make a canoe out of me now, hey!" <laughs> but yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> awful. It's awful. It's an old joke too. Yeah, I, I still feel like it worked better in a flash video, but um, yeah, we'll we'll see if uh. I decide to censor myself on that and <laughs> maybe just cut off the last line and throw in the thing I just said, make a canoe out of me now. eh? <laughs> yeah, we can do that. And still keep the conversation where we talk about me cutting myself up and putting you there in you my go. place. There you <laughs> go. Yeah. Yeah. Afterward. So, so everybody knows what happened. No, this all <laughs> happens before the outro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Well, fire it off, Frank. Okay. We'd like to thank everyone for listening to the very end. The very, very end. If you like what you hear, please give us all the stars and subscribe. We are available through a wide variety of podcast vendors, and so we're easy to share. If you have feedback, you can find us in our Facebook group, Amateur 3D Pod. You can email us at Franklin, Kevin, Andy, or Chris at Amateur 3D Pod. 3d amateur 3d pod.com because i know what this podcast is after 63 <laughs> 64 episodes you'll get it right um, you can email us collectively at panelists at amateur 3d pod.com uh kevin buckner wrote the music for this episode 
OpenAI's Whisper completed the heavy lifting for the transcripts, which you can find linked in the description. Once I figure out how to get my hosting uh, service to let me access my website. Uh -oh. um, yeah, that's a whole nother problem. Um, our panelists are me, Franklin Christensen, and my friends, Kevin Buckner, Chris Weber, and Andy Cottom. And until next time, we're going offline. Always use hairspray. I tried to make a gas-powered drill. Now it's a fire drill. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> That's what you get for including Andy in the process of creating it. <laughs> Oddly enough, actually, uh, it was our uh, Santa thing. So our city uh, has a fire truck go around in the mornings. And uh, in, in, in one weekend in December, the fire truck will go around with Santa and give candy canes out to kids that, you know, come out in this could come out to the street. And anyway, so uh, we were woken up early to that to that today. And I was talking with the wife about why do they do these fire drills so freaking early? And she's like, no, it's Santa weekend. I go, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Anyway, <laughs> that's what spawned this. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, I it's really meant to remind everybody to check the batteries and their smoke detectors as we approach Christmas, because lots of people burn their house down. So yeah, true. If you're gonna also... make, if you're gonna make a gas powered drill, you should have specified internal or external combustion drill. <laughs> external combustion drills are the funnest ones. Uh, or, uh, don't yeah. don't don't three D print your own smoke alarms. Go 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 buy good ones <laughs> down at your local hardware store. Yeah. The housing is not the important part of the smoke alarm, Chris. The, <laughs> the housing is not the important part of the smoke alarm. <laughs> I guess if you're just printing the housing, you might be okay. But they're already fickle enough, so mm. yeah. Maybe maybe fix the soldering points before you install it. Speaking It'll of last it, a little longer. Yep. So I've I've had my house for ten years now. It's actually about time for me to blow a whole bunch of money replacing all of them. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>